What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Round Tripper here on 89.1 WXVU Villanova Radio. And wow, that mic was coming in loud. It is Monday, December 16th. I can hear your water bottle. I am Pat Zhang alongside Conrad Bayer, executive producer Jack Sherwood, and Ben Moy. How are we doing, boys? Very good. Pretty good. Uh, well, indeed. I just, just got paid this hey, week. Hey, perfect. About to get paid. Perfect. Um, for anyone listening at home, please tell me if you can hear Sherwood's mic. Hello, test one, two. Madeline, please let me know. Yeah, it's com- coming through a little quiet in my headphones. So, yeah, exactly. So, just let me know if you guys can hear it and we can work things out if you cannot. But this is our last show before we move into second semester. Could be my last show ever because I have class from 6 Whoa. to 8, 4, 35, 845 on Mondays, so. Uh, we're gonna need to get you to call in live from class at some point. Oh, I, I will. I, okay. I will if 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 the Patriots do make the Super Bowl, uh, I will be I will be skipping class, uh, and I will be attending this radio show the sun the, the morning the the Monday after the Monday after what the Super Bowl? Yes, for obvious no. reasons. For obvious reasons. Yeah, <laughs> obvious reasons. because you're sitting as a fan that because the Patriots aren't playing. Hey, I heard a great analogy about before we get into it, like. I think the way they are because I think they have a chance because, for example, Rick Porcello, not a scion pitcher. Oh, we're going to talk on. about him a little bit. Well, well, this is a great analogy <laughs> I heard today. I had to bring it up. Rick Porcello, not a great pitcher. Patriots, not looking great right now. Mm. However, Rick Porcello did win the scion, and therefore, also, the Patriots have a very good chance of winning the Super Bowl as well. Very, very. <laughs> that's, well, that's one way to put it. Is there, you know, unfortunately, it's not our, not our best year, especially on offense, mm-hmm. but we do have a very good chance of making. Well, I, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I've pronounced the Patriots dead in their, their Super Bowl uh, aspirations, but obviously still in it. But all right. So we're going to get into our shout outs as always. Thank you to Connor, Jordy, Megan, Jules, Shannon, Joe, Rebecca, Rick, Dan, Brian, Jack, not Sherwood, Madeline, Mark, Cap City, new listener, Katie D. Nicola. Thank you so much for listening. Uncle Ken, Aunt Diane, Marie, Joe, Johnny, Mom, Dad, Bears, Kane, Sherwoods, Woods, Moyes, everyone and anyone. Thank you so much for tuning in the instagram is live right now at round underscore tripper 23 that is conrad's child yep you can say hi to the back of his head from uh from there always oh, turn around and wave there we go i've got great reviews <laughs> and of course happy holidays and merry christmas as we move into that period so we're going to start with the nfl we have a pack show nfl mlb winter meetings nova basketball president's cup miscellaneous and topping it off with a mount rushmore of christmas songs why not, right? Exciting. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back for once um, in this, this semester. So we're going to start in the NFL, and we are going to start with the Buffalo Bills, who have clinched a playoff spot with a 17-10 win over the Steelers on Sunday night. First Sunday night game in 12 years? 12 years. Since fourth grade. 12 years. Josh Allen, as I put it, basically did enough, and the Bills defense led the way, and we are going to let Mr. Bill himself take it away. First thoughts on the game. To start so, off. Um, yeah. Not my turn. Thank you, Pat, for sharing your mic. That's very diplomatic of you. I try. Um, no, but it is true. I think that I told my mom before the game that I think Josh Allen's going to play the same type of game he played against Tennessee, where like you don't need to go out there. You don't need to, in his case, throw for 250 yards because he's yet to topple over 300. But you just don't make the mistakes. Obviously, let the defense do their deal. And um, yeah, just don't, like, just don't turn the ball over. He did once. Um, uh, Singletary put on the ground another time, but yeah, he just did what he had to do to win. 
it wasn't pretty, but a win's a win. The defense looks very good. And I'm willing to say that Renegade is now a Buffalo Bills song. Because wow. they look <laughs> just taken over after Pittsburgh. They look <laughs> this whole city of Pittsburgh dead square in the eyes, the whole Heinz Stadium waving the terrible towels towels. Literally, the song had not finished playing when Josh Allen took the snap and threw the fi- or threw the streak to um, John Brown, and then they went down, scored the game when he touched on that drive. Yeah, on, on Buffalo, impressive performance. Now, I've been here supporting the Bills throughout the season. I, I I'm impressed by Buffalo all year. Um, I like Josh Allen, and as I basically said, I think he does enough to be able to win games, especially with how talented. That defense is. I love Devin Singletary. John Brown has had a really good year. And just what more can you say about that Bill's secondary with four interceptions last night as yeah. well? Um, what we have seen as well is that Pittsburgh still holding on to that sixth and final playoff spot in the AFC, very much helped by Tennessee dropping a tough game to Houston. Though, though excuse me, though Tennessee is still very much in the midst of it. I think Tennessee gets that final spot just because. As I've said all year, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are very good. I think defensively they're nice. Rudolph was horrible. Devlin Hodges is probably worse than Mason Rudolph as much as people are thrilled that he's got a nickname in Duck. He's a pretty horrible quarterback, and I'm just not sure they're going to be able to hold on to the spot. Yeah, I'm pretty glad. Uh, no offense, Sherwood, but I'm pretty glad I didn't watch that game last night because oh. I heard it was a terrible game. Very ugly. We enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was a, very, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a I mean, it could light to turnovers, yeah. No, it was It was just that the the Bills played very conservative. They obviously they did. didn't. Incredibly conservative. So, yeah. so they put the, so putting the ball on the ground twice is conservative? Yeah, they put it down once. Or, or, or how, many, how many turnovers? Was it three or two? Two. Oh, how many okay. turnovers did the two. Pats have against the one loss team? Oh, or the, the one, one win, win team. team. Mm. Wow. wow. He was ready uh, for that. He was, he was ready for that. But no, Buffalo did play very conservatively, yeah, especially did. in the red zone. Didn't really open up the playbook at all. Kind of just ran it and took the field goals there. Which makes you nervous come playoff time because I would like to see them go for it a little more. But in a game like this, when you knew Pittsburgh wasn't going to be able to score that much, I think it's totally fine. It was. I think that they they have had a, they had a little bit of trouble against the Redskins where, or against Miami both times where they have uh, haven't been able to like punch it in outside of those two games. They'd have uh, Josh Allen has, I think, 22 touchdowns as opposed to zero turnovers in the red zone, 14 passing. Actually, now it's uh, 15 passing, nine rushing touchdowns. So 24 as opposed to zero turnovers. And that's just what they had to do is they just went in. They knew that basically that Duck is not a very good quarterback. They didn't have Juju that they just had to do what they had to do to win. And against a very, you know, in a, a good defense. In a, in a good good defense. I told I told you yesterday, I said I didn't really see Micah Hyde that much and then talk about him, which was good to not obviously, you know, try to throw against him like Mika Fitzpatrick. Exactly. Mika, yeah. what I say? Did Micah I say? Hyde. Okay, Micah okay. Hyde. I'm sorry. Well, he had the interception, but um yeah, but it's as opposed to, you know, what the Bengals did yesterday by throwing at Gilmore twice and you saw what happened. So <laughs> exactly. there wasn't so there wasn't a need to do that, which is, you know, very good. I think that um I was I was interested that that Pittsburgh, they they rush four and they drop seven. They have a QB spy. Obviously, the the book's out on Allen so far that you don't that if you rush him, if you blitz him, he's not going to be a great passer. So it was very interesting that they're able that they gave him time because he was able to make some good throws. He didn't. The interception was tipped off the hands, which should have been caught. It was a little bit high, but um, I was surprised that they didn't 
bring more pressure, bring five, six, seven guys, play cover one, play cover zero. Because we know you never play cover one when you're when the game's tied. Uh, yes, that is <laughs> a reference to the Connecticut State Championship, high school state championship game uh, from a couple nights ago. But yeah, Allen missed a couple throws. We know he's not a perfect quarterback. But as you said, in the red zone, he's been a perfect quarterback, yeah. especially add in the threat of the run game. What I would like to see Buffalo start to do a little bit more is phase out Frank Gore. The oh, 10 carries. It's just Gore, obviously, incredible career, surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, surefire yeah. Hall of Famer. I mean, what has yeah. he done? He's, he's like led every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's third all time. He's led every single team that he's played on for 15 years in rushing yards, which I think probably might actually fall this year. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, never been injured. See, I'm a big or he came small, back from a torn ACL in college. I'm, I'm a big small hall guy. So, I mean, I value, I very, I value winning and value, all these types of things, and not saying so. Then Barry great... Sanders shouldn't be in the uh, Hall of Fame then, because Barry Sanders won nothing with the Lions. Barry said, like they literally had Barry Sanders did nothing and played for seven years. Oh, I mean, that's there, a whole. Other I'm, just, I'm just, playing, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing but, devil's but, advocate. You know what I mean? But like, like but like, I mean, Frank Gore is just like very consistent, and he never really blew like the league out of the water. I think you know what I mean. Barry Sanders, there was years that he was like incredible. Whereas, yeah. whereas Frank Gore just, you know, not saying that he's bad. I'm but saying, no, I mean, he's is. an excellent it's ba- He's there because he has, he's had a lot of carries because he's been there for 15 yeah, years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of. It's longevity over. Yeah. No, I think longevity plays a part in it, though, because yeah. it's impressive that he's been able to be so good and so consistent for so long. So I do think he's a surefire Hall of Famer, but I do think that they should also scale back on the carries for him just because his effectiveness, as we talked about last night, it's more of a between the tackles runner mm-hmm. on those second and third and short yardage downs instead of earlier. Um, in that so it'll be interesting to watch that as that moves forward again for Pittsburgh could be sitting there at eight and six sitting there in the sixth playoff spot at Jets at Ravens to finish it out you would assume they can beat the Jets though it is at the at MetLife then at Baltimore just absolutely brutal their only hope is that Baltimore is sitting starters at that point week 17 however in a division rivalry game like that you might not even get that so Pittsburgh tough road ahead there moving on a tough one. Oh boy, this one this one hurts, Stephen. We'll call you when you cut when, when we're done. <laughs> no, no, I, I I need his thoughts immediately on this. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Chicago Bears by a score of twenty-one to thirteen, and the Chicago Bears were eliminated from playoff contention. Now, before we get straight into the game, I kind of want to look big picture. What went wrong for the Bears this year? A team last year that yes lost a heartbreaker in the postseason, but then just so clearly regressed this year. What do you think was the main factor in that. This is the part you want me to talk about. Speaking yes, this is. This is what I want our Bears I, I, experts I can to talk about. <laughs> so where did they go wrong? Matt Nagy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I love it. Matt Nagy came into this year completely unprepared. He focused only that the only reason they did not win that playoff game was because they missed a kick. Which Mitch played terribly for three quarters. The offense didn't do anything. The defense had a chance to stop the Eagles on a drive, not let them. All they had to do was no touchdown, no two-point conversion. They win the game. Um, The defense (laughs) that was supposed to be the best defense, historic defense, was not able to do that. So they Mm -hmm. needed to fix that there. Losing Vic Fangio, I think, was a big loss. But Chuck Pagano, I think, filled in very well. They regressed to the mean a little bit. Instead of a plus 12 uh, turnover differential this last year, they had a they have a minus two at this point, mm-hmm. which is which is not good. You'd like to see it at least probably stay in the positive at least. 
but that's mostly because Matt Nagy just asked Mitch to do completely How things. How many interceptions that, do you have like, um, on the seasons? I couldn't tell you that right now. Let me look it up. But I'm stack guy on it. I don't think it's yeah. horrible. Think, think no, it was yeah, I think mean, it's numbers not, at all. It's not bad, but uh, it's the defense like Kyle Fuller doesn't have all the picks. He's dropped a couple again. This is where I'm um, going. We thought uh, everybody thought he had fixed that problem last year, but he didn't. But that offense was supposed to be you. Matt Nagy is an offensive coach, was brought in to revolutionize this offense. Um, he knew Mitch Trubisky was going to be the quarterback. So as much as you say it's not his guy, he chose the job knowing who the quarterback was. Mm-hmm. So it is his choice. He could have not taken this job and gone somewhere else if he really thought he was ready. But he's made so many poor play calling decisions this year, and he always goes back. Like the last two weeks against, albeit it was the Lions and the Cowboys, he made Mitch look good. He looked like a serviceable quarterback. And then he went back to, oh, let's go to Lambeau. It's 10 degrees outside. I'm going to throw the ball 50 plus times. Uh, that's exactly where I was going to go. Mitch well. should not, I don't care what the situation is. Mitch should never throw the ball 50-plus times if it's a five-overtime game. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest. He shouldn't be throwing 30. Especially with a... not. It wasn't their first-round pick, but the first pick in this draft, and I believe it was the third round, they traded up to get... Dave Montgomery. Dave Montgomery. And they talked about him all offseason. He was supposed to be, like, the next coming. He was supposed to be, like, the... Um, he was supposed to be Matt Nagy's guy. The offense was really going to go through him. He can catch the ball out of the backfield run, make everybody miss, which you see glimpses of when he gets the ball, which is like three times a game, where it should be 15 to 20. And it's just, it's so bad on Matt Nagy's part that it's almost, as much as I don't like Mitch, the play calling's been so bad, I don't even know if I can fault him that much. Like, obviously, I'm not in on Mitch still. Like, or I'm out on Mitch now. Mm -hmm. Last year, I was able, they had me buy it. strung you along, yeah. They strung you just enough. He got by, yeah. He was serviceable. And then this year, I still think it's the coaching. Like, Does Nagy he, keep his job? I, I think you? so. I think the last four weeks makes him keep his job. Because he I looked so good against Dallas, so good against the Lions. He looked very, like, he looks good in a two-minute offense. Mm-hmm. But Matt Nagy does not, not know how to uh, call a game. Like, this is only his third year calling a game, which is ridiculous. And they brought him here to do that. The reason you make him a head coach is that he doesn't get taken if he is a good play caller. But he's a bad play caller. He's an absolutely turd. Ter- terrible. We're going to have to edit that one out nice. in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's so bad. But Khalil really Mack also didn't, Khalil Mack also didn't show up. They dropped mm. him in coverage all the time, which just absolutely makes no sense. This team absolutely sucks. Um, and the worst part is, like, I don't think Green Bay is that good. Minnesota's got wow. Mitch, uh, not Mitch Chris. <laughs> Kirk Kirk Cousins. Cousins. He's so worked like, up it's right not now. Like it's, a doable, yeah. it's a doable division. Like I mean, I think Matt these two Lafleur, losses to Green Bay are terrible. He's thrown hundred plus passes in these games. You guys almost won on the final play. Yeah. How, yeah. All right. How, all right. How let's, can let's Matt Lafleur let that happen? Let's go to Let's go to that for about one second. They would have got the touchdown, messed up the two point conversion in tremendous fashion. Fashion. Oh my god. I uh, how is Tree Cohen done this year? Like not I well, think not they haven't. Well. They're have running they, him. They run him more than Montgomery. He should not why? be running. Yeah, that's because was, he's in. Because Matt Nagy's in love. We'll with put Trey him in spe- like put like yeah, do a pop why, pass or something. Like that that role has been taken by Cordell Pat- Patterson. I, mean, I would take Tree Cohen over. Oh, I, I would too. That's that's why I think this play hauling so bad. Yeah, that's because ex- they they took his touches that he would get on the outside with like bubble screens and stuff, and they given that to Cordell. Which Cordell Patterson's gonna done an amazing job. I'm not taking like. He's been a surprise. I thought he was going to be literally just a kicker. Someone returner. said he's the most athletic player on the team. 
There he he might be, but he has absolutely he can't run around. No. Which is which is a problem, especially when he got Mitch. But um just run where the ball's thrown. Yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah. going back to three Cohen's, they've run him between the tackles this year more than they did last year. Which just actually makes no sense. He's five five or whatever. Does he have a touchdown yet? I don't think he does. I, I, I couldn't tell I had him I one. would rem- I thought I would you'd think I'd remember that because he's his celebrations are amazing. But yeah. Yeah, the, literally the only highlight I can think of uh, Tariq Cohen this year. He's like a 42-yard punt return, didn't he? Oh, I was going to say, um, I guess the Cowboys, after they took the kneel down to end the game, he did a black flip. That's literally <laughs> the only memorable part of Tariq Cohen's <laughs> season. That's, I think he had a big punt return. Oh, and when he, you know, in um, what was it, week four against the Redskins, um, the post-game little shenanigans. So, um, well, is, I have he was the question. one that went live. Is, is, yeah. uh, is uh, Club Dub still a thing? Sadly. Oh, you know, I did, they've I done know. it. They've done it every time they've won this. Okay, year. no, I just didn't know because it was I even was against such... the Giants when they were like three games under five hundred, and they beat the Giants. Who, no offense, the Giants. There, Whoa, there's no offense. I'll hold you back, Pat, if you want yeah. to throw a punch. Like, yeah, no. like no, like He's Matt Nagy does a good job at making all of his players love him, and he does a really good at leading a team. He's a good head coach in that. Zero touchdown. Play yeah. calling wise, but play calling wise, he is so bad, so, like so bad. So, so I have a question for you: is oh, no. is is the do you view the Khalil back trade worth it at this point? Yeah, yes. Like because you, I, you get a hall, like surefire Hall of Famer for like four first pro, round picks, first all pro guy. Yeah, he's I mean, gonna be in the Hall of Fame we'll, 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 eventually. Yeah, eventually he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame unless he drops off a cliff, which is. It is doable, but anyways, like, do you know how much Khalil Mack influences the game? No, I know. I know like, it's that. absurd. It's the same but way like Aaron Donald, been, where it's like I you don't, don't think, see him because they're taking up I two think blocks. It's, it's definitely worth it, especially you can't like. I know the the way you look at a team and rate trades is you go back and see how everything's progressed. But if you go back to the instant in time that this trade was made, they thought Matt Nagy, for all we know, was telling them that Mitch is this guy he can make Mitch work, mm-hmm. um, and then. If you have your quarterback and you have, they had a, they had just gotten uh, Anthony Miller. Yeah. No. Or was that the year after? No. Yeah. They, they had, had, had Anthony they had Miller. Much. They had Tariq Cohen. Um, they had Jordan Howard, who was a very good back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made a mistake by trading him too. I agree. I don't think, I don't think the there. reason that this team has gone so bad is because of that, but I think it is a factor. Um, I mean, he's had, I mean, I don't know what his production was last year, but he's only... He the has Bears seven. don't have a back that can, if you need one yard, get one yard. They right. do not have that. But but Mitch Trubinsky. <laughs> just grab the ball and run out left. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, so I agree with basically all the points that you came up with, especially for me. Uh, Khalil Mack influence has not been there as much. I mean, last, I, I yesterday, I, one tackle. I, I in their biggest game of the season. Point. But I... I still don't go back because he's an amazing oh, no. player. No, the deal right. is one hundred percent. I'm just going back at more of the. No, no, no. I, I, you make that trade ten out of ten times. I and, and, you, and especially when Oakland think, would probably make it ten yes, out of ten yeah. times now like, too. They, you think if you drafted a quarterback at number two overall, you think you're locked up there, and the only reason you truly need first round picks is to lock up that for quarterback is to get I, that quarterback, and you thought you had it. I was going to ask you, Mitch only played one year at UNC, like one starting year at UNC. Mm-hmm. So this is I, the draft pick was a mistake. So like, I, but I'm saying I'm going to ask you is now he's had this is his third year, correct? Yeah. So he's had four years of let's say starting in professional college. Yeah. Like, do you want him to have another? Like, are you hoping that you see that progression next year? Or are you just like you know to heck with it? Let's bring in a new quarterback. So he has shown me enough 
which is the worst part. Well, that's last, the worst thing. That's what. Last, yeah. Like he looks so bad up until. Uh, Dallas game. The he Dallas looked game. He looked good he looked against good Dallas. He looked good in Dallas. He looked good. He, every time he, looked, he plays he the Lions. He looked good against looked, the Lions on Thanksgiving. Looks, which is, he just looks good against the Lions because they're just a they're, dumpster fire. It's not pretty. But um, I think you have to bring him back just of like how the team is situated without having first round picks still. You have to bring him back. But I would like them. There's rumors of like bringing in Tannehill. Oh, or Cam. Some, or I somehow, heard Cam. It, that one's a little. I don't know because I think a lot more things have to happen for Cam to become free. Where Tan, not Tannehill. Uh, uh, Mariota is definitely going to be available. Yeah. I would. T- I would take Tan- Tannehill. I, I, would I, would I would take. Tannehill. I would take. I would pay Tannehill. I, I would probably yeah, I don't think. Probably let me fit. Let me finish what I'm talking about right now. This is long lines. But continue. Continue. All right. What was I saying? Cam. Uh, Cam. 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 Um, Cam, I think a lot more things have to happen. It's a bigger hit to the salary. It, even though it's not as big as I originally thought, I would like... I've also heard Andy Dalton. I don't want I Andy like Dalton. Andy Dalton. You like him? I... Well, oh, come on. I serious? mean, like... My... I I I think he's like... I think he's like Tannehill. I think he's... Yeah. But, but, and but, he could he's change could. the scenery. You never know. That's a thing. Is you don't... But, is, yeah. But my the one thing I'm holding out on Mitch is... Is he does have these spurts. Like I bring does. him back next year. I, you, I, I think you have, have to. They're going to give him his fifth year option as well. So that, yeah. it's, he's not going anywhere anytime. It's seventeen million dollars. But it doesn't so. change anything if you come before March before that option is yes. due. It's absolutely nothing. Yeah, but they have to extend it. But you have to because what if he does they have, do something? Yeah, they have to. I want to. Um, I want to keep moving. But also, along. like uh, just one point. Yep. Uh, it took Drewby's, uh five six years before he was the Drewby's we all think of. That's literally the one string of hope I'm. I will not write off Trubisky yet. I I won't, and I think that he can still progress. But Matt, uh, yeah, like I also with how bad I think Matt Nagy is. But yeah, so so we'll see. Moving so, on, yeah, moving along. Spent a long time on that. Uh, Eagles Cowboys keep pace with each other. Both kind of with the victory. The Cowboys with a big win over the Rams. The Eagles take down the Washington Redskins in the final minute. They face off against each other this week. Winner basically gets the division as they will hold the tiebreaker. And uh, the Eagles face the Giants. Cowboys face the Redskins. Week seventeen. So this is it. Who comes out on top? I think the Cowboys win. Yeah, they just I, looked so good against the uh, what was it the Rams over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they're a better team. Eagles have so many injuries; it's really tough to tough to see them being able to get through all that. And the Cowboys have all the talent in the world. Like they literally just need to put together and hopefully play. Um, that game over the weekend <clears throat> against the Rams was like a coming off point, but they honestly could fall flat again. But I, I would put some amount of money on the Cowboys wedding, but it wouldn't be a lot because I'd have no faith in either team. Well, I think also, too, I would say Cowboys, too, just based off the way they've played both teams. Uh, Eagles lost to the Dolphins, had to go to overtime against the Giants, um, and then last second touchdown last, like yesterday. So they're definitely, they're winning, but they're not trending in the correct direction. Cowboys will keep it together, and Jason Garrett will be, keeping his job next year, which will only continue the Whoa. dumpster fire that is the Dallas Cowboys these days. You believe Jason Garrett's keeping his job? After yesterday? Can. Absolutely. No Jerry Jones looked so happy yesterday. Jerry Jones literally said a week ago he'll be coaching in the NFL somewhere like oh, last week. I, He's I, fired. He's gone. Jerry's no way. I, 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 Pat, I, I, he hasn't been fired because they're still in the playoffs. Exactly. Right? Any, any logical person would agree with you, Pat, but this is Jerry Jones. This, this is a man. He's gone, the man. owner who has, I don't know who had, you know, one one playoff run. All of a sudden, you, they win one playoff game. They have only won one. They've done that before, though. He's gone. He's gone. 
They, I, I would like to believe you, Pat, but I'm I'm not certain yet. They're courting Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley. They're trying to land a big coach. I, I Jason Garrett. That's the right move, but I just don't know. Is Jerry? Jerry I don't know what goes on with Jerry's. Head. I place it at under 0.5 of a percentage that Jason Garrett's back next year. I'll give him that. That it's over zero, but it's, it's just by that much. Chance, yeah, but like, but he's he's gone. I also believe Dallas wins. It is in Philadelphia, which is a big part of this game because obviously we know the Eagles at link at the link are tough. However. I just think Dallas is so much. If they lose this game, he's fired after the game. Oh, if they yeah. lose this game, he's not uh, getting on the plane. But yeah. but there's also but say say they they you know they win the next two, and I'm telling you, if 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 they win a round, if they somehow win a round, I do think that Jason Garrett might be back. Although that no is, shot. I I I I think that's the wrong the wrong move. The, or I think that's the right move to lead to um, let him go. Obviously, but I just don't know what goes on in Jersey. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I just can't see it with them. Right now, but, they'd play the 49ers. 49ers would run. So, so, so Jason Garrett. It would be at Dallas. <laughs> it would. That it would because they went the yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, no, it would be at Dallas. But so I, we so we all think the Cowboys will win that yeah. game. Will obviously be interesting to follow. We'll get into some quick hits because I do just want to run through this very quickly. Send it to break because we've got a lot to get into. The Browns are blown out by the Arizona Cardinals. Wow, that's been a disaster this year. Um, Will Freddie Kitchens have a job come January 1st? Yes or no? No. One word answer. No. 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 Yes. It's the Browns are going to keep him, even though he should absolutely be fired. Uh, Eli Manning played his final, most likely his final game over the weekend, 36-20 win over the Dolphins. Would love to do a soliloquy on Eli, and we'll do it at some point. But good to see him go out with one more win. Uh, Seventh all-time in touchdowns, seventh all-time in passing yards, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Um, and got it pulled at the end of the game, too, um, which was really nice to be able to go off to a standing ovation. Completely deserved it. Absolute titan of the Giants franchise. Um, and now Daniel Jones can fully get the reins, and we can focus on that, as I believe Manning will retire at the end of the year. Will Greer will start for the Panthers, so the Kyle Allen experiment is done. Carolina's going to need something, because I'm not sure they're keeping Newton. Kyle Allen, in my mind, clearly not the quarterback of the future. I don't think Will Greer is all that Good, but I guess we'll see a couple weeks of him. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I just put that in there because yes. I saw it today. Is it is interesting because they did go with Kyle Allen. He's not the case. I think this is the last sit shot for because they drafted Wicker in the fifth round to see if kind of the same situation Kyron's in. Do we bring Cam back? Is Greer the thing? Do we want to ship him off and then or ship Cam off? Keep keep Greer. Yeah, nope, completely agree. Uh, Josh Gordon got handed down in definite suspension today as well. Uh, only thing to say in that is just it's really sad. And the, the poor sad. guys obviously just got some really huge issues that this continue co- to come up. I have a feeling this is the last you'll ever see of him on the football field, just that I don't even know what number suspension this is anymore. Um, but hopefully he gets the help he needs. And finally, Jameis Winston continues to put on one of the most hilarious seasons, um, basically of all time. 30 touchdowns, 24 picks, lit up the Lions yesterday, also got intercepted a couple times. Come on, Pat. Yes. Um, at, before we go to break, yes. I have a, a quick shout-out. Of course, um, please. Jessica Moy just turned eighteen today. So. Oh, happy birthday! So I, she's about she's about to turn off and go to dinner. So I I just want to get that out there before. You well, know. enjoy your dinner and a happy birthday. Of course, no, absolutely. Um, and like I said, just is there what else you want to say on Thomas? Yeah. I know you wanted to. No, say I someone. just uh, since we're in the shout outs, I don't mean to take away from more happy birthday, Jessica. <laughs> it's my future sister in law's birthday as well, Margaret. So it's uh, happy birthday to both of our future. Se- I'm, I want to high five Moy. <laughs> uh, also quickly Bridget thanks for tuning in and congratulations to Dustin Pack who just um, graduated college today or graduated 
uh, at ASU today. Oh, fantastic. Madeline's brother-in-law. So, so many shout outs. Thank to you. Get there. I no, I, lo- no I love it. Absolutely. Feel free to. So to wrap it up for the NFL, we're going to get into Major League Baseball and the crazy week that was at the Minter meetings. This is Round Chipper, and we'll be right back. All Christmas music here today as we move into the holidays. Um, when's everybody going home? When- Wednesday. Wednesday. 6.30 a.m. Thursday. Very nice. Here tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. It's a good thing I'm not going tomorrow because it's it's looking like a poor it's poor weather conditions yeah, up in the, the Boston area. It's gonna, so it's gonna be a blast. Good thing actually. But yeah, can't can't wait to go home. That'll be really nice to go home for the holidays. So as I said, it was a wild week at the MLB winter meetings. Actually, one of the crazier winter meetings weeks we've had in a long time. It was fantastic as a baseball fan. So we are going to get things started with the mega signing. The Evil Empire is fully back. Garrett Cole signs a nine year, three hundred and twenty four million dollar deal. With the New York Yankees, I predicted eight years and three ten. So you know, I'm gonna give right myself a, I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that. It was close enough. I take it back. <laughs> so, um, was it the right deal for Cole and for the Yankees? I mean, clearly, for, I mean, yes, for Cole. Um, the Yankees, I, I, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what's. I mean, they're all in, you know, now. I mean, this is this is it for them. I think that I'm still really concerned about the strikeout rates of mm-hmm. their lineup just simply because... Stanton and Judge strike out a lot. And I just... Although that's... The analytics say that's the right thing to do. I just... In a playoff game, it's cold, you know. You know what I mean? Like, th- those types of environments. You know, every now and then, a single or a double might get it done. You know what I mean? Like you only be swinging for the fences every now and then. So I think that I, I still think it's you know we're st- I'm still out on on if the signing is really going to work because obviously it's going to come down to who's going to you know going to heater and have the pitching to to withstand the run. So yeah, and they kind of have diversified their lineup a little bit, especially adding DJ LeMay, who Giro Urshela had the amazing season uh, for them as well at third base. They could still trade and Duhar for Josh Hader, which would be horrifying if they're able to pull that off with the bullpen that they then be able to add in. But for this move for the Yankees, they simply had to do it, as we oh, discussed It was no, last a no-brainer. Week. There, especially with Strasburg coming off the board, there was no plan B. And that they've come up short the last couple of years because they have not had an, a, a true ace pitcher. They tried it with James Paxton this year. They've tried it with Tanaka, who obviously a solid pitcher, but especially um, post-injury has not been able to replicate the numbers that he had before that. They needed to make this commitment. The nine years is a lot. Nine years is a long time, especially for a pitcher. Is he 28 or 29? He's 29. 29. But they simply had to do it. The New York Yankees are here to win World Series, and this is the type of move that helps put you over the top with that With that ridiculous lineup in that tiny, tiny ballpark. They need frontline starting pitching. Pair that now with that bullpen. You look at Chapman. You look at uh, Zach Britton back there. Octavian, Octavian, Yeah, um, Adovino, Adam Adovino. <laughs> this team's got a potential to be on. Let's think about the games they won this year. They won over 100 this year without a top-line starting pitching. And now you add the second-best pitcher in the sport because Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher in the sport. It's it, scary. Yeah, I think that I think this wasn't a signing for the regular season. This was 100% a sign for the postseason. I, I think the team in the nine years, they... I think the pitcher obviously would help to get them to the postseason, get that, you know, when the vision possibly um, uh, get like the uh, first seed for home field advantage. But it is for you take a look. The Yankees both post uh, the last as long as you 
since they won in 2009, they haven't had a go-to pitcher even so then. It's the first decade they haven't won a World Series in how many and I, I think that's a big thing for them is yeah. that yeah, they did not like, they did not even get to a World in Series the, in this, this decade. decade. Yeah. Exactly. And that usually for most franchises, like, okay, that's the luck of the draw. That's kind of how it happens. Not but not for this one. So having it that the Mets went to more World Series than the Yankees <laughs> over this past decade. <laughs> well done, sir. Well thank done. You, thank you very much. Still absolutely scarred to my core from it. <laughs> Hey, that's we all, a big we all deal. <laughs> that's a big deal for them. And they're looking to change that immediately as we go to 2020. And they're going to be right there with Houston. And especially why this is so big, too, is it's a direct subtraction from Houston and a direct addition to the that's what I was going to say, I, I, and I think especially the Sox likely going to trade Mookie. I mean, who's going really to compete with them in the AL? I mean, it's hard to really pick a, a team. Yeah, if Boston does that, they're basically completely reworking their roster. So, let's see. I mean, the only way I can see... I, I, I think the Astros are cooked next year, just simply oh, because yeah? I, I, I don't know how you come back from all this controversy and and still put it together and, 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 and com- compete at the same level that you are, subtracting your ace. Um, they're all, still going to be very good. They're going to be very good. Because they did I, trade for Zach Greinke, Lance McCullers, who missed all of last season's coming back. That lineup, as we know, is insane, though they have looked at moving Carlos Correa. I think I'd put the Yankees as the favorite in the American oh, League though, right now. Yeah, I think so. Especially with that lineup, with the lineup getting healthy, I think that is a big. Like, but what, how, how many much, games did Gene Carlos Stanton play this year? Like less three. than thirty, exactly. And yeah, and they hit three home runs. They're going to get Andujar back. I think um, you're going to trade him. Yeah, I think that um, with Geo there, I think you should trade him. I think that what it is that you know it, it, it definitely does come down the pitching, and that's why you can't you can't just do pull the Milwaukee Brewers and just go bullpen the whole mm-hmm. game. That can work one or two games. They tried to do that game six of the ALCS, but you need a pitcher you can throw out on the bump and say, hey, the ball's yours for seven innings. You know, this we're, we're you're, you're going out there for seven innings. We need a great quality start in the playoffs, yeah. and they got one finally. No, I, uh, I completely agree. On to the next big signing of the winter meetings, which happened the very next day, which is why it was so cool. You got... Strasburg on Monday, Cole on Tuesday, and this man, Anthony Rendon, on Wednesday. Rendon, seven-year, $245 million with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The exact same contract number as his former teammate, Steven Strasburg. Hmm. Fun fact. But Rendon now going to the American League. Listen, there's a lot of pressure on the Angels. We talked about it last week about how they were pursuing Garrett Cole. They needed to bring in a star. They absolutely needed to. And what they got is the best third baseman in baseball. So... Yes, again, seven years. Not. I mean, the the problem with the Angels, though, I see is does this really move the needle in terms of them contending? Because I just think that they've had Mike Trout for so many years now. They need pitching help, and they need pitching. That's that's the thing that doesn't address their main that's issue. That's why they were going after Cole. Exactly. But this is for for missing out on Cole. They had they knew that not a bad. Every, everybody knew they had the money, so they had to do something. So. When you lose the number one guy, get the number two guy, whether mm-hmm. pitcher or position player. Like I, like you can't fault them for getting this. Like Garrett Cole was never going to go to the Angels because I don't think the Angels could get to that nine for three twenty four. And I they didn't. They offered. Been, I think it was eight for like two ninety something like that. Yeah, and it's just it's not like it's it's different for them and the Yankees in in that regard. Um, but. After everybody knowing they had all that money, they had to do something with it, especially Trout was putting pressure on the organization. Mm-hmm. They they kind of had to do this because you got to keep Trout happy. But 
yeah, a pitcher would have been better, but it's I mean, I it's mean, not like this is a bad a bad player they picked up. No, no, it's I just agree, not but, a pitcher. But but like pitching wins in in the league, you know what I mean? And and especially now, you like somebody to hit too. Yeah, but having I mean, the best player at their position is never, never going to hurt you. Yeah. Oh, I I, I don't I, I I'm you're not I'm not you're not wrong about that. I'm just saying that <clears throat> looking at you know who's winning right now, and you know it's been. The Nationals, the Red Sox, the Astros all have top line pitching. Just going back to the last three years, if if that was the case, and I, I'm not again not disagreeing with you, but the Yankees would be in the World Series because mm-hmm. they have by far the best lineup in baseball. So how how is someone that you're having problems with? Are one of the great greats of all time, probably one of you know your best players of all time in, in your franchise, in Mike Trout, and you don't go out and get pitching. Which is your number one need? I just I, I like they're on they're on the borderline of you know playoffs or or, or whatnot. And so I I just think that that's that's their you know they got to figure it out. Yeah, they they pursued Strasburg. He wanted to stay in DC. He he wasn't leaving, especially when they went to that type of money. Cole just when you go up against a team with unlimited funds, it's kind of tough to beat him. But looking at that lineup, just the two through five: Trout, Rendon, Otani, Justin Upton. Good luck getting through that in the American League. What they're trying to do is simply make the playoffs. Of course, World Series is what everyone's striving for. But this Angels team has been in the playoffs once, twice since Mike Trout came. Or definitely once, maybe twice. Since I think, I think, it's, I think it's only, only once. once think, and it was, yeah, a, yeah. I believe they, they got, got swept. swept. The exactly, they got swept. So they need to get back to the postseason. And what this will do, especially bringing up that team, the Oakland A's, the team that never spends anything, that just develops all their own players, basically, continues to finish above them. So this move really helps balance things out. It's really cool now that in the American League West, at third base, you have Alex Bregman, Matt Chapman, and Anthony Rendon. I'm not sure you're going to have a better third base combination anywhere. I agree that I think the Angels still need a pitcher. They pulled out of the Corey Kluber trade, and Kluber was traded to the Texas Rangers yesterday, which is interesting as Texas attempts to remake themselves. But they just weren't willing to part with the guys needed to be able to bring home a guy like Kluber that has had injury problems, that is aging, and I can't blame them for that one. I just think the perfect piece hasn't been out there yet. Yes, Madison Bumgarner was available. He, We can get into that now. Signed a five-year, $85 million deal with the Diamondbacks. I don't like it. I don't trust Bumgarner for five years at $85 million. I think Bumgarner's past his prime, and I think we've seen that. He, Yes, he's only 30 years old. He has so many innings on that arm. I, I just, I'm not sure that this was the move. I know what the Diamondbacks are trying to do. Obviously, they're trying to strengthen that rotation and try to compete in an unbelievably competitive National League West. The Padres. That's a team I love and yeah. we'll talk plenty about as we move towards March and April. He makes them better now. But you saw it with Zach Grinke. They traded him to get rid of the money with Grinke to send him to Houston. This is going to strap them a little bit down the road. Yeah, I think also, too, he is only 30, what you said. He does have that great resume for the postseason. I think that just because the um, Giants haven't made it in a little while, is it is like a lot of money because you don't, you don't, what you said, he's got a lot of Indians on his arm. Obviously, if, he, if like, Ver, or just that's, he's got a lot of Indians, but it'd be one thing if they were always in the postseason and you could rely on him. Mm-hmm. This guy hasn't pitched in a pressure moment, in, what, three years? 
Granted, because I haven't been that, because the Giants yes, haven't we been don't that have well. To talk about 2016 when he outdueled <laughs> Noah Syndergaard in the wild card game. So, like, but <laughs> outside of that, the last since sophomore year, they haven't made the playoffs, and he hasn't been. It's not like he's some super ace where it's like you know, hey, you get him in the postseason, you're going to ride this guy. He's going, you know, he's not going to give up any any runs or anything. Is he hasn't? That was him in high when we were in high school. That was him mm-hmm. five, six, seven years ago when he was. You put him the out there, top guy, like game six, and then what? He, he went seven innings. And then two days later, took the ball in the third inning mm-hmm. or fourth inning and finished and the game. Winter, I will never forget yeah, that, that was game incredible. seven against Kansas City. And it's true. I mean, if you look at 2017 and 2018, he made 17 and 21 starts. And then this year, yes, he made the full 34, but he pitched with 3-9 ERA. And it's just, it's a move to me that shows that, yes, they're trying, but I feel like they could have... A team that doesn't freely spend, I feel it could have spent their resources in a different way, especially saving all that money on Grinky now. I, I don't think this was the correct investment for them to make. Just want to move through things very quickly. Some under-the-radar moves that I think will be very influential on this season. Didi Gregorius moves to the Phillies for a one-year, $14 million deal. Didi in that ballpark has got a chance to hit a lot of home runs. I think that's a great deal. Great deal for both both parties involved. I, I do too. It moves Segura either to second base or to third base. Scott Kingery probably going to th- and then take one of those positions as well. The Did Phillies, they cut him. Where, this year. Oh, they, that's they what I was going to ask you said, because mm-hmm. I kept seeing that they would move him to second or put him second and then um, yeah, the Phil- Segura to third. Exactly. And I was thinking where Franco was, but I didn't realize. Yeah, that the Phillies have finally moved on from uh, from Mikel Franco, just a player Makes that's sense. got got potential. If he ever puts it together, he'd be a very dangerous yeah. slugger, um, but just hasn't been able to uh to do it yet but yeah the Phillies are all about home runs as we've seen and this is a perfect fit for that and the Dodgers adding Blake trying in a one-year 10 million dollar deal trying in a guy I wanted the New York Mets to go after did not have the best year last year but two years ago had I believe a 0.9 ERA out of the bullpen and was just absolutely incredible so a good bounce back option there as the Dodgers attempt to strengthen that's, their pen after that's a huge signing for them especially because Kenley Jansen Miss Madeline's dad Mr. Coppersmith is not a fan of Kenley because every time he, he'll go in there with two well, if they're up two two runs and they'll give up a run, and it's, he always makes it interesting. Obviously, if they would have had him, la- you know, cycle back to uh, October game five, they probably put him in the eighth mm-hmm. inning, and we could be talking about a Dodgers World Series. I apologize, Madeline, for bringing up <laughs> bad memories, but uh, no, it is a great, especially too with they've got Joe Kelly, mm-hmm. they've got um, you still got Kenley Jansen at the back yeah, of that. Yeah, you still have Kenley Jansen, and who's the guy with the glass? Uh, Uri- not Urias. Um, the guy with the glasses. Um, number seven. What's his name? That's um, got to be Urias. He's, he's a, yeah, left hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and you've got him who's very good as well. So it is definitely very good. And they've got a very good pitching staff as mm-hmm. well. And they can to go with that offense. And they can just hit the ball in the ball. And listen, anytime. if anyone's going to make a blockbuster move for a position player, I'm looking at you, Chris Bryant, who would be the <laughs> LA Dodgers. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. And then finally, just to touch on my team, uh, the New York Mets, Rick Porcello signed a one-year 10 million dollar deal michael waka signed a one-year three million deal with incentives that can bring it up to ten million dollars on porcello thanks conrad for uh, for updating the sheet uh on porcello he's an innings eater i mean that that's what he does i'm not exactly Ace, as jeff Moore and i refer to him as <laughs> yeah absolutely not, not in a good way absolutely not <laughs> for in case of the Mets. um <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just abusing my my sheet right now um it's a move that i understand because you knew they were going to they had to address the fifth starter especially with wheeler going he's not exactly a high upside guy 
but he is a guy that's going to eat a lot of innings. The Waka signing is so interesting because he was signed a day before Porcello and was supposed to be the fifth starter. And now there's six starters for five spots. Now, yeah, these things usually seem to work themselves out, but really intrigued to see how they move forward from there. And then just the crazy New York Mets news because it's the New York Mets, so why wouldn't it be? Uh, They were able to save about $20 million on Jonas Cespedes' contract for this year due to an insurance settlement, or not an insurance settlement, due to a contract amendment. Um, If you'll remember, he was recovering from double ankle surgery and stepped in a hole in his ranch, allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, and re-broke his ankles. Um, And so the Mets basically said, we don't fully believe that. And instead of Cespedes uh, risking it going to basically an, an arbitration trial to see if he was, if they were going to be able to avoid the contract, he just took the amended contract with $9 million, which frees up a lot of money for the Mets, which could actually be very influential in how the rest of this off season goes. But that finishes up our, our baseball segment, unless Conrad would like to make one, one statement here. No, 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 no you, yeah, you don't just, want I'm to talk about what's sheet. on my sheet right now. I thought it said yell back in the news. I thought it said you. Uh, no, no, you Darvish is not no, back in the news. Though worry. he did get in a, a Twitter fight with Christian Yelich not too long ago, you Darvish. Important. Yeah, because yeah, well, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> but we're going to send it to a break. Because nice there's still, yeah, be nice to you. Because there's still plenty to get into. Nova Basketball Presidents Cup miscellaneous coming your way. This is Round Show Run 89.1, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back here as we get into some Villanova basketball. A 1 and 0 week moves up to number 18. In the polls with a 78-270 win versus Delaware at the Prudential Center, which was considered a home game. Jermaine Samuels led the team in scoring with 18 points. And I'll throw it around as we do every week for Villanova. What did we like and what did we not like? You want me to start? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we went back to taking threes and hooking them up again. So that was that was no good. Uh, I hated Jeremiah Robinson Earl taking, taking multiple threes again. I mean, he obviously, he's just over two. Yeah, but but like, he can stretch the floor. I'm okay I, with that. I, I understand that, but like, get him down the block. Like, but it's what you said. But it keeps him honest. If he can, knock down, if he can knock down a couple, then all of a sudden they they're forced to come out to right. guard him there. Which yeah, I I just think that I I, I this year it's I I like the team much more a million times more than last year's team. Um, I do think that they obviously have way much more talent. I do too. I've been saying it yeah, mm-hmm. like all year, but I I just don't know. Like they're they just seem like not to be fully in in like in the system yet, in Jay's system yet, and I don't think they necessarily understand. Um, and, and you see that the offensive stall will stall every now and then, and it, it it it's 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 growing pains. I feel like. Still. Yeah, I, I think that's just part of it. Just being such a young team, because when you look at it, look at the young guys that are featuring heavily that have never done it before at Villanova. You've got Robinson Earl playing twenty five minutes, obviously as a freshman. Swider didn't play too much last year. Brandon Slater's on ten minutes. He, I think, he played fifty minutes total last year. Brian Antoine five minutes. Justin Moore thirty two. It, it's really young. It, it, it's very promising. It, oh, it's incredibly promising. I think this team is so exciting, especially as we continue to move forward. On the threes, I think that that's just Jay Wright's philosophy. Now, the person that, as I'll go, basically start with what I don't like then, I do not like that Jermaine Samuels continues to shoot threes. <laughs> Samuels is a very nice, listen, he led the team in scoring. He's a nice player. He can slash, he can rebound, he can really defend. He can't shoot threes. He can't. And he continues to do it. And it's very frustrating because especially with Cole Swider shooting so well from three, with options like Bay and Robinson Earl down low, and I think Gillespie 
is having a really, really nice season I think so far. Really, Much better than I would have thought. Than, I completely agree with I, you. I was talking about him earlier, and I think that he, I do see that he has the potential to lead the team. Maybe not necessarily like a Jalen Brunson type, but like mm-hmm. I think he has the values that that Jay Wright wants hit wants the team to in in you know embed in in games. And I, again, I don't think we're gonna see. He's not gonna be Arch. He's not gonna be Brunson. No, but I do think he can be a very serviceable leader on a very very talented team. Yeah, because you don't need him to be a Brunson in this situation. No, I I, I completely agree. So I do like what I've seen from Gillespie and it's just too easy to say that my like is Justin Moore because I say that every yes. single week oh, he's uh, right. oh man am I excited about the math of product but I'm gonna say Cole Swider on this one yeah only 12 points and six boards to go with it but four of six from the field he drove he looked really, looked good, really good in the post um, especially he he got to the foul line for three times I, I was impressed with Swider I've been impressed with Swider all season I think he's probably the player that's made the biggest strides from last year to this year and if he keeps that going, that's a dangerous option. I think that, yeah, he's been the guy that, um, I, I think there's been the, the nicest surprise mm-hmm. on the team. I, I don't think that people, based on last year, I don't think he was dealing with a lot of, he was dealing with the hand injury and him being a shooter, that obviously doesn't help. Um, so I think that now that he's gotten over that and he's really starting, I think he, he's, he's, he's a perfect guy that, you know, Jay Wright would want. He's very reliable out on the arc. No, I, I agree. And then the other thing that I say that I don't like is just the defense hasn't mm. been there yet. And that's what's frustrating. And that Delaware, yes, they're sitting at nine and two, but just take a look at who they've played. It's not exactly murderers row. And they were able to score 70. Nate Darling was able to put up 29. You saw the same thing last week with St. Joe's against a team that's just not very talented that was able to score points. That is concerning. And especially concerning when we bring in the fact that on Saturday afternoon, the Villanova Wildcats will be hosting the number one ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Now, first off, I cannot wait for that game. That is going to be such a fantastic atmosphere in the Wells Fargo Center. And I'm also not ruling Villanova out of it, especially being at home. If things click, let's just think of last year. Last year's team, as if we think that this year's team is more talented than last year, which I do. I know Moy says he thinks so. Yeah, I agree. Villanova almost pulled off the upset at the Fog House last mm-hmm. year against Kansas. So why wouldn't they be able to win this year? At What's up, Conrad? I'm just looking at uh, the ESPN matchup predictor, and it just, it's going along with kind of what you're saying. It's saying Villanova has a 63.6%. I don't agree with 63.6. No, that's quite high. Yeah. That's why I just thought, I thought it was going to be the other way. Yeah. And it's just eye-popping as I just pulled up the page. I was like. Are, no, I saw, watching, I'm like, did I say something wrong? But yeah, no, it's Allen Fieldhouse. The same thing. The Allen Fieldhouse, Fog Allen Fieldhouse. The Fog, yeah. Fog Allen Fieldhouse, that's what I meant to say there. I know, I tried. <laughs> I, I put Fog and House together. Um, so I'm not ruling Villanova out of it. The The matchup that is going to be the biggest one to watch, and I think the biggest matchup, it is the, yes, exactly. It is, yes, we have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and he's been fantastic, and it's been really exciting to watch him develop, but he is going up against Azubuke. Yeah. I, see, I, I think what's going to happen here, I, I, I think that, this is where the defense is really going to be a concern. I think, oh, absolutely. I think that what's going to happen is they're going to send help. They got to rotate. Mm-hmm. The Ohio, ever since the Ohio State game, there's been every single game since then, there's been lapses in rotation in the defense. And, and this is going to be the real testament to see how far the defense has come along. 
and and what and they're going to get exposed if, if that's the case. So. I, I have a, a feeling you're going to see a lot of like what you said, where they're just going to throw it in as Buke and he's going to try to back down Robinson Earl, and then it's going to be on Villanova if they want to come in and bring the double team and see if Kansas is going to shoot threes or if uh, they're going to just rely on Robinson Earl. The other thing is that Robinson Earl is very effective when he can come out to the perimeter because he's such a good athlete. Kansas is going to lock him down there when they're on offense. One thing for Villanova that they can try to look to exploit for Kansas, which this is a very good Kansas team, obviously number one. This year's number one is a little different than any other year's number one that I think you're going to continue to see a revolving door there. But Kansas is like 340th in the country in three-pointers allowed. They allow a lot of threes. And obviously, this is the game you got. (laughs) So this is the game where the threes just have to be falling because Kansas is going to give it to them. They're going to try and take away the drives. So it would be really... Really, yeah. something to watch will be Justin Moore, someone that's driven a lot and been able to show off kind of his athleticism as well as his just basketball intelligence to be able to create different moves around the basket. They're not going to let him do that on Saturday. So how Villanova is able to really go into that three-point offense, something that Jay obviously usually likes, but hasn't been incredibly effective this year. It's been good. It hasn't been as good as past years. I think Villanova has been a really good driving team this year, actually. I, I that's going to be a huge key in this game. I think also, too, a big key is um, playing with pace. Is if you remember the uh, yes, 2018 yes. Final Four, as a bouquet had that, he had the dunk. If you remember, he first post had the dunk, was yelling and screaming. Then after that, he went MIA for the rest of the game yep. because we played so quick and he's not, he's a big guy and he's not in shape. That, that's what I was going to get to. I think that all the games, this is the game that you get Robinson Earl out on the perimeter and, yeah, and run like, it. And, yeah, and get him BC, out there. BC lot. can't guard out there, and he's so slow. Where if you right. just if you ISO out there, you put a pick there. Yeah, it's just or especially to get him on pick and pick and get him on a guard. And that's put Kansas Gillespie and put exactly. Justin Moore. Put Justin Moore. Puts even Sadiq, who's a little bit bigger. But um, I'd also I'd also wouldn't rule out. I think that I think they might. I think you might see a little bit of Sadiq on Ezebuke as well. I think because just he's, to play small and try to really exploit because it. Because he's small. Because he's I think he's physical. He's a little bit. He he might not weigh more than um than uh Robinson Earl, but I feel like he's he j- he just obviously he's unbelievably strong. He has more yeah. muscle mass because he's been in college for two for, years. Yeah. It's like look at next year when Jermaine's gonna stronger. be there, he's gonna fill out. Like look at what NBA. Yeah, if he's not hopefully well, hopefully he'll be here. <laughs> um, but yes. that's why I think that I wouldn't be surprised if you see especially to get someone especially because both of our whoever's going to be guarding him is going to be quick, and I think that's they're going to try to either deny the entry pass or get around to force as a bouquet to move to get him uncomfortable. Because he works well when he's in the paint. When it's gated to me, I'm going to go down. I'm going to bully you on the post, and I think you're going to see a lot of which I don't know how much you can do that on the defense, but try to force as a bouquet out of his comfort zone. And what I said earlier is. Like you got to run is you've got to go out there. You've got or not run, but you've got to play fast. You've got to get as bouquet target. You've mm-hmm. got to get him on the bench because if you look at last year, he didn't play and we were able to get to the 10. We were very close and we don't have a bona fide big guy that we had in Omari two years ago. And, and that's something I liked building on what doing this year. Last year, their pace of play, they purposely slowed, oh, yeah, down. slowed down until the and, shot clock. Yeah. And it, it just, they, they were not good enough in the half court to do that. So this year, I do like that Jay has sped the game up, yeah. it seems like, a lot more yep. than last year. No, you are 100% correct in that they have sped it up because Villanova has been a half-court, which you don't think of when you think of Villanova, but they have been a half-court team. But, but that's when you have, like, if you have, like, a guy like Brunson who mm-hmm. you know is going to make the right decision, the right play, you know, 99% of the time, that's fine. But you have a guy like Phil Booth who's more of an ISO guy, 
if a guy like, you know, and your centerpiece is Pascal, that changes everything. Now that there's so much talent all over the floor, I, I think they have a lot of options offensively. It's no, just about getting I, it together. I agree. So you see Villanova at about 17 seconds per possession length. Last year, I believe it was 21, 22. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, they, I think they honestly had the most shot clock violations. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly so would tell my mom that. Year. I was like, they, there's just so many shot clock violations that they would have. So they've changed it up this year. And then the other thing with Villanova, as we're talking about, they're second in offensive efficiency. This oh, is a yeah. very good offensive team. They're 85th in defensive, which well, is the problem. If you throw out the Ohio State game, look at the Baylor game that we lost. I have, well, the scores right here. It was uh, 87-78. It was very, it was, there was a point in that like second half, like between like the under 12 and maybe like under four timeout where it was just bucket. Was, no one could stop each other. And which was great for the offensive side, but not good for the defensive side. And I think that if you match up our athletes against Kansas athletes, match up very closely. Obviously, we've made it to that top tier where we're getting very similar recruits. And I think that it's. I think that we play better than our 18 rank. It's just going to be how are we going to do with kind of a little bit of an inexperienced team, like when we went into Ohio State. I think playing home, what you said, is going to be a huge benefactor. And you got to cut the turnovers. You can have 13 turnovers like what we had yeah. against Delaware. You can have the 20 we had against was it Ohio State when we got rolled. It's like you've got to have, you've got to cut that. You've got to cut the thirteen and a half. You can't give Kansas extra possessions because, those, especially too, if you turn the ball over, those extra possessions could be three pointers that are three points that we could have instead of mm-hmm. Kansas running the other way on a two on one. No, it's completely true. And the other thing, just as this season on and a big picture look at it as a whole, starting from the St. Joe's game, or excuse me, from yeah, starting from the St. Joe's game, going to the Xavier game, Villanova is playing. Four games in basically a month, if you go back to that. This time is so huge mm-hmm. for the team to gel and in practice and to get Brian Antoine up to speed and to continue to ramp up his his minutes that the team is not complete going into this Kansas game. No. They can still win it, but it's not complete. The team's not complete going into the Xavier game. Once this thing, the calendar turns to January and we get into 2020 and Jay's basically had a month with four games... That's when I think you can really start to see what this Villanova I, team. I, I can agree. Be. I think I think it's hard to say what we're going to be this year. I think last year, I when we played Kansas, I think you knew what we were. I Which think, is why I'm so surprised you were able to keep it so close last year at Kansas. Yeah, I I think that um, this year, you, you know, a lot's going to be a lot of improvements will be made in January, February. And I think that when you get on that Big East schedule, I think they're going to be able to go. You know, they've obviously had success. I think they'll be able to go on a run, and then, we'll, I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah, so a gigantic game. Number one Kansas coming in. I wish we had a show to do on Monday. Kind yeah, of we hurts. could. We could call in. We could. Do a we little Skype. December 23rd show. I mean, that's not... <laughs> Christmas hey, special. Matt Wood is having his Christmas party. I'm trying to get invited. We can maybe do it together at his house. So I, maybe. Wow. I do have one If Matt Wood's listening... Do you, th- do you think that... This is gonna be Antoine's coming out party. Do you think that Jay is kind if of this is his, Antoine? I don't I think he's not coming out party, much. but do you think that he's gonna? I do you think he's, he's gonna because there's you no. Know, I'm just playing devil's advocate, just putting it out there because there's not much film on him in college. Do we start to run plays for him? I like, would love I, I, it if yeah. he comes out on Saturday and plays him. I think you see Antoine for about two, three minutes. I, I'm just saying, I, I'm not too big of a game. Yeah. Jay likes to rely on guys. I, I think yeah, the, ga- the guy knows. that you gotta have, you gotta. I mean. You gotta either Swider is gotta be the guy that's on, or he's gonna be passing it off to the open guy because I think that is yeah. he's, he's the key or to City. this game. Well, I, that's, I'm, I'm gonna City's say he's gonna put in twenty, and you can or not like sixteen. Yeah. 20 this two. game comes down to Gillespie and Bay. Those yeah. are those are the two big guys. 
for Villanova. If Gillespie is able to run the offense and not for not have un, eh, unenforced errors with turnovers, Villanova's offense is going to be running. And if Sadiq Bay can be the Bay that we've seen for most of the season, Baywatch. yeah. If he if we go into Baywatch again, they've absolutely got a chance to pull this upset. So a very very interesting matchup to watch on Saturday, eight twelve. We've got a big thing to head into. Yeah, we're not going to take a break because it's okay. so big. Yeah, the President's Cup. Yeah, and I'm going to let Mr. Sherwood take it away from. This shouldn't really be this big of a topic. It shouldn't, but it, should it have is. Been. But no, but obviously, first off, congrats to U.S. and huge credit to Ernie Els and the international, or pardon me, the world team for playing lights out, for playing punching so far above their weight class with seven rookies out of the 12 guys. They went out there, they went for the knockout in the first round, and they got up 4-1 in four ball. And the U.S., just stepped up in the singles. I was telling Pat earlier, like literally Saturday night when the singles started, I said, this feels like the preseason in comparison to the Ryder Cup. And then fast forward like three hours and it felt like the Ryder Cup. It felt great. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was, it was incredible to watch how well the world played that they, they looked like they stepped up when looking at so like there were so many major champions on the United States roster. As I said, there's only seven, there were seven rookies they're, and all and their veterans on the team were on the older side. Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, they're both pretty old. Obviously, Louis Usazin is um, still kind of toward the end of his prime. He's still in his prime, but it was an incredible comeback. Hopefully, it looked, the first couple of days looked like the U.S. didn't want to be there. Is they look, they're not that great at team golf. Is it's they they don't they they need to start to play more like a team. Is it's a lot of personal. Look at why Europe does so well. Is because it's they love the team atmosphere. Look at what happened with Sergio Garcia. He he was known for the Ryder Cup for like fifteen years until he won that Masters, and it's just the U.S. Ian Poulter, another guy. Hey, Ian Poulter, Poulter, yeah, very true. Killer. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I like not to interrupt you. Oh no, that's like, yeah. I I kind of like watched a little bit of the first day, and I'm like, they look like they want to be there. The I'm US. like, what? So at that point, I was like, okay, this is this is bad. Like like there, there was. Same- the same, the same issues that are happening at the Ryder Cup are happening here. Yeah, I just don't think they deserve to win. To be no. honest, I don't think they deserve to win, and I, I honestly was kind of rooting against the U.S. on the final day because I just don't think that it's justifiable just to come back in singles and be like, "Oh my God, this is great." Because the whole purpose of the Presidents and Ryder Cup is the team atmosphere. Yeah. It's what makes that that event so good in golf. I love it, but I want them to win. Yeah, and they, that's and true. they won, especially I mean, on the singles. Yeah. Like incredibly impressive performance. From the Americans in the singles, Tiger. led exactly was led amazing. by Captain Tiger Woods. I've never I saw no. You can finish. I'm no, sorry. go go it. go. I've go. never seen Tiger speak. Tiger's done everything that a professional golfer can do outside of you know be a captain because he was still playing. I've never seen a speech just like that before. Listen, 2019, like what a year for him. Incredible, it's come awesome. Back. It, it really has been been unbelievable, and I was not expecting this performance out of him uh, over the weekend. Other matchups to look at, I mean. Patrick Reed, because it's just so entertaining to look at. Yeah. He is such a psychopath. Blows. But he is such a winner when it comes to the, these types of competitions. He was 0 3 in the team. Wasn't he? Wasn't he, he was won. He... No, he doesn't lose. Reed doesn't lose. Well, he does. He, does, he should have. It, it's Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed were did great in Glen Eagles in 2014 and Hazel T. And then. They stunk last that year. That was disaster last and, um, year. That was when he caused all golf. the trouble yeah, between golf. everyone. And, the, exactly. and he, but he didn't yeah. golf with him because he golfed with Tiger. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was incredible. He was up. He was up five through five holes, and um, also to just, I thought 
the U.S., they hung around and they hung around. And it was kind of like a March Madness where you don't want the underdog to hang around. And that's what the international team, obviously being the underdog, they just let the U.S. hang on by a thread. And you look at those Friday night putts, or Thursday night, that JT made, I love me some me, which was an incredible putt. You look at the putt that Ricky made to have, to win his match. And you look at the putt that, who I think it was Finau to have his match. That's what I was just about to All three on. of those, it was, they were down, they lost seven out of the first eight points. And they were down 7-1, about to just be over, dead, in, dead to rights. And then they stepped up all of a sudden the back half of, oh, it's like the Friday singles, Thursday night, or Friday, pardon me, Friday um, alternate shot. And they stepped up and that's the reason why they had that chance to make, which was an incredible comeback 10 to 8. As you look at what happened um, in 2012 when it was at uh, Murphy, no, not Murphy Village. It was at, um, in Chicago, what, uh, it was at uh, Madonna East Coast when your U.S. was up 12, I think it was 12-8 at that point. Or no, it would be 12-6 and they let, they just collapsed. 10-8 isn't that bad. You just got to flip a couple single matches, singles and, matches. And that's exactly what happened. I do want to just touch on Fina, how impressive that was. That so was great. Down four, Fina. going to the 11th hole against Hideki Matsuyama, possibly the best international player that was uh, out there. Yeah. 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 Day wasn't there, so that's fair. And to fight back, to have that for the Americans was incredible to watch um, So uh, for, for Fina. And then the other matchup, that for me very impressive was Kucher against Ustaven, where Kucher clinched the Americans winning it with the birdie on the seventeenth hole. I had a very bad feeling. I that texted. Ustaven, yep, I told. I texted before the match. You said that, and I texted. I said, "I don't trust Kucher." No, I, I thought that this was going to be a tough matchup for him going up against Ustaven, who just always seems to perform with that robotic swing of his. And Kucher was able to fight out a half and, and end up clinching it. it for the Americans. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Especially to you looked at those two matches the U.S. needed to have, and they had Ricky Fowler and Kucher. Ricky's obviously a great, and the Ryder Cup or in team events like that, don't talk about the majors because Ricky's still <laughs> yeah, waiting for yeah, that we, first we one. That. But um, I just think back to 2016 when they when he was paired with um, Phil and then went 2 and one And again, he he was playing Mark Leishman back and forth match, and he stepped up on the back nine as did Kucher. Kucher he Kucher was down three down three through three as well. You said earlier this match scares me. I feel like this is gonna be over before it even starts. And then all of a sudden, Kucher, I don't, it wasn't even that Louis Stazen played poorly. Kucher just made a couple good shots. Like the door was just slightly open and he just started to stiff it. And it was, it was, it was awesome to watch someone like that who's never won a major, who's always kind of been like, I feel like in team events like this is the eighth or ninth guy because you want to look at the Tigers, the Phil, mm -hmm. like the, you know, the bright stars, DJs. And he won it, which was awesome. Yeah. No, it, it was fantastic. So just an overall thought. Uh, get me to listen. Whistling traits for, yeah. uh, for next year. I mean, if they, Can't wait. Sure, if they perform like this in the team competition, I'm going to be there next year. If they're going to oh. perform like this next yeah. year in the team competition, I will be pissed. Well, I think that, I think also to you look at, we're going to have Brooks. I think you, you can, you can not have Spieth there. You need Spieth who's mm -hmm. someone who has that experience. You look at Cantley and Shafle. That's those. I, I think Finau definitely Finau will be, be there. Be I don't want Gary Woodland. I love Gary Woodland, but you can't have Brooks Kepka, DJ, and uh, Brooks. It was Brooks, CJ, and Gary Woodland there. You can't have three long golfers. Every time they put together the two long guys, they always pair them together, and they never do well together. <laughs> what if? What if? What if they added? I mean, I obviously I'm a big Phil guy, but what if they? Added, oh, I would love Phil. Yeah, I would I love Phil. Phil That's is, what I told Pat. I said put Phil in there because you have even to in the rider, especially too. It's not like this is a four. This is not a seventy-two hole event where. 
Phil can't, you know, he's not pitting as far as them. He's not, but, but it's just when you're doing alternate shot, when you're doing four ball, is it's you don't need to hit every single shot. You don't need to post that score. You just need to be better than the other team. An alternate yeah. shot, you just got to put in the fairway and let, I would, I would hope they put him with Ricky because they do really, they play well, really together. well together. I, 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 I mean, would, I would, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I, I think that him and Ricky work. Really but awesome. Well. I think that like give him his last, like his last year out, go out there. Um, I think he definitely should be on the he, team. He's going to be either a an assistant Vice captain, or, yeah. or something like he'll be there. He'll, he'll definitely. I, be. I think that he's going to be a captain's pick. But that being said, it's quite easy if, as long as you want a WGC event or a or, Masters or, or, yeah. or a, a major or major. You're pretty part, much yeah. guaranteed to qualify. You're in there. Yeah. So if you can win like the World Golf Champ, like to, in Dubai or something like that, like yeah, he would be in there. Yeah. set to, to, to qualify. I think I told Pat that I think they need him there because he is definitely, like, especially too the way the tie. Just do what they did with Tiger. Play two or three sessions. Yeah, and then you have to put them out there for the singles, but just get that point, get that half point, whatever yeah, right. it is. No, that's fair. Conrad, did you like the golf on Saturday? It was good. <laughs> it was entertaining. All right, and that'll wrap it up for our President's Cup. We're going to move into miscellaneous. Um, Champions League knockout draw was this morning, and oh my God, do we have some fun matchups. Uh, Real Madrid against Man City, Chelsea versus Bayern Munich, Liverpool against Atletico Madrid, Dortmund against Paris Saint-Germain, and Barcelona against Napoli as good as it gets um and it'll be fantastic to watch starts back up in february uh joe burrow won the heisman there's nothing really more to say about that we all knew that was going to happen completely deserved uh congratulations to burrow and it'll be fun to watch lsu in the college football playoff army navy game took place in philadelphia at lincoln financial field and navy was able to break the streak and win 31 to 7 their first win in three years and it was the Malcolm Perry show, who was the Navy quarterback who did not throw a pass. Whoever finished with 304 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Navy also had a touchdown pass. It was through basically Philly Philly, uh, which was which was very cool. A wide receiver pass into the corner of the end zone and able to take down the Black Knights and finish with their 10th win of the season. And I know Sherwood had a tweet he wanted to read. Yeah, no, there's just something from Kirk Herbstreit that I saw yesterday that said, he said that it should be mandatory for all college football players and coaches to watch and study the Army-Navy game both players play hard and with passion for 60 minutes, hitting each other as hard as they can every play. Then they go back to the huddle, no trash talk, no taunting. They play the game the right way. And that's exactly true. And it's perfect. On top of it, they're, you know, going to be the future, like leaders of our nation. They're doing, you know, incredible work to, you know, serve, you know, serve our nation, everything. And it's, it's always, it's always a must watch. And I thought that was a perfect tweet where they go out there, they do their job and they just go, you know, what's next? What can I do next? Which yeah. is incredible. No, the game's amazing. It's fantastic. Watch it every year. And uh, it, it's a privilege to watch. It's it's so much fun. All right. Do we want to do our mountain? Yes. Yes, I am. We do? Okay. All right. So we are going to wrap up the show for the semester with a Mount Rushmore of Christmas songs. Is the show after? Sure. Do we have time? Uh, I don't see anyone coming okay. in right now. So we might actually have time to be able to run through this. Okay. Thing. We're, good. We're good. All right. Thank you for, Moy for for checking out there. Um, so Conrad, do you want to, you want to start the snake or do you want me to start it? I mean, I'll, I'll go. Okay. All right. I'll go. I would love to be able to play the music by the way that we say, but unfortunately I would not be able to post it in the podcast. So, um, just a disclaimer. Oh, all right. First pick. (laughs) First pick. I'm going to go with. Oh, no, no. Which one do you think I'm going with? Tell me you're going you going Mariah? Yeah, I was going to go there. All right, go for it. Always gets me in the mood. All I want for Christmas <laughs> is you, Mariah Carey. Let's go. All right. <clears throat> um, no way disagrees. 
I would like to go with a. I went with a childhood theme on this one. I am a big believer in the Charlie Brown Christmas album. That was awesome. Good so pick. Great that pick. that is you know that that's got to be number one off that's the board. A great pick. Um, um, I love. Uh, oh, mm, hey, hey, yeah, whoa, I, whoa! Uh, Not on the Christmas music segments. <laughs> Um, been so far. You know, because I, I know Pat's going to do, I'll let him have it. Do they know it's Christmas Band-Aid? Band-Aid, that's a great one. Yeah. Nope. I, oh, great, great I one. Knew, great, I know, great I know Pat's going to do Merry Christmas to you, Pat. Yeah. I let you have this one. You, you sure you just know which one's going to be my first one? One of the, the two. Uh, okay, one okay. Instagram live for my selection. Just wanted to let you know, Moy. Ah, but, okay. One of the two. I'm getting support on the uh, Instagram oh, live. Oh, oh, oh. Well, all right, so I get two picks here as we swap around. Yeah, so first, I'm going to take Believe by Josh Groban from Polar Express spectacular song there and then i will take my nope not my favorite christmas song i'm leaving my favorite christmas song for a little bit which is risky um where I'm are you christmas from faith hill unbelievable song santa claus coming to town bruce springsteen uh-huh i know i've got that on my list so there goes I that one nope that. nope uh i was gonna go with i, I was gonna go with santa claus a different version of santa mm. claus is coming to town you can do that but you can do that if you well, artist. i'll allow it the yeah. the uh Again, the I forget what the name of the well, that could be a problem then. Yeah, no, no, no. it's it's <laughs> like uh, it, it's the um, old school version where they were, um what no, I, I realized I need two from the next one and I got yeah. one. It's the, the old school version where the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. The animated uh, oh the movie yeah I know exactly the Chris Kringle movie. I know yes, exactly Chris Kringle movie. That's yeah. exactly what I was talking. All right, about. all right, we're good. Uh, Conrad, you got two. I know. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, let's go oh. with uh, "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree." Solid. And For... wrap it up with. This is my third. That's his third, Pat. You got lost in the snake. Lost in the snake. Wow, you're right. Oh boy, and we're gonna go with it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Wait, <laughs> me, choice. Um, you're. We're gonna tell you all these answers, and you're gonna post it on a on the Instagram to see who won. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're a social media manager. I have two done. social yeah. media accounts, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna vote for mine both times. Boy, well, I'm gonna create uh, a couple more. I'm gonna go with the Carpenters. <laughs> right? I'm gonna yeah, that's how we're playing. I'm gonna go with the Carpenters and um, um, Chestnuts rubbing on or snowing on an open fire. Like it's a great it's a great tune by the Carpenters. Like you can't you can't beat them. No, stuff. Christmas Cannon Trans Siberian Orchestra. Oh, Trans Siberian! I love the Trans Siberian. Very nice. Orchestra. All right, so I will finish up with. You have two this time. Yes, I got. I do have that. Three and four. Yes. Uh, Happy Xmas, John Lennon. Uh, absolutely love it. And then my favorite Christmas song, New York Christmas, Rob Thomas. Yes. No, my my absolute favorite. So that'll do it for me. Sherwood. Sleigh Ride. Oh, I heard that as orchestra form. It was pretty cool. Great. How could you... Um, okay. Could you tell me who the artist is? What type of instruments they use? A lot. A lot of string instruments. What was the one that... Um, when we were talking about earlier that... Um, what was the song in Saturday that you said that you had to learn for music class? Too many songs. It was the one by, um, I don't all know what it was. I, I had to learn all of them, basically, from uh, from Beethoven on. So that was it, was it was one of the Beethoven ones. Yeah, I think so. Moy. Um, I will go with this one, because I'm a little bit lost as to what I'm picking for the final one. I'll <laughs> go with... Um, I'll go with the most wonderful day of the year from Rudolph Redno's Reindeer movie. Because <laughs> again, keeping with the childhood theme. I, I like it. I like it. And Conrad. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with from one of the best Christmas albums of all time. Let me see if I can 
Guess the artist. Justin Jackson Bieber. Five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mistletoe. Mistletoe. Ah, yeah, you are so go. predictable. <laughs> you are so predictable. <laughs> I was between that and Little Drummer Boy, but uh, Mistletoe. Yeah. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Also, I got an honorable mention of Silent Night from uh, Very good. Fanny Pack. Also, that's Dustin. Shout out, Dustin. Thank you for listening again. He graduated today, so congratulations. Congratulations. Give him a quick round of applause. Um, also, to uh, Jackson Five. Mommy, I saw him kissing Santa Claus. Shout mm-hmm. out Connor. Saturday Shout out night. Connor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my honorable mentions: uh, Hallelujah, Pentatonics, oh, as yeah. well as Step into Christmas, Elton John. Oh, uh, I mean, it is a Christmas, also. Pardon me. I don't mean to like that. Just popped of my course, head. Has to what about White Christmas by Bing Crosby? I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. timeless. Oh timeless. wait, what's the one? Bing Crosby and um, what's the one? Um, I'll come to it later. Outside. No, I'll, it'll come back. All right, well, everyone just run through your bunch. four that you picked so we can wrap things up. So I have Believe, Josh Groban, Where Are You, Christmas, Faith Hill, Happy Xmas, John Lennon, and New York Christmas, Rob Thomas. Okay. Uh, uh, do They Know It's Christmas, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and uh, Slay Ride. Ride. I went with the Charlie Brown album, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the movie Chris Kringle, and the Carpenters and um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right. Yes. <laughs> what and, is a specific song from that, that movie? And Conrad. Just say, for this first pick, did he just take a full album? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a second. Like, I hold did. on. Um, right, you want to pick movie? a song? Run through it. Song? I'll, pick, I'll pick Christmas Times here. There we go. Okay. Well, okay. Um, so I'm going to go. Mine were All I Want for Christmas is You, Mariah Carey. <laughs> Number two was Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Hey, we expected with Justin Bieber at the end. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Michael Bublé, and then Michael Bublé is fantastic. <laughs> I'm still told by Justin Bieber. Solid, solid. Yeah, I'm gonna win this. Yes, right. I hope y'all. Know. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, if you so want to go, you on, picked an album from our family to you. <laughs> yeah, but it's yes. a great album. Merry Christmas. Yes. Uh, my dad says, "Little Drummer Boy," David Bowie with Bing Crosby. That's it. Was that was the one? Ah, there you go. That was See, the my... one, Mister Zhang. That was the one. <laughs> so my dad knows that'll do it. That wraps up our show. Round tripper for the fall semester. Over. Wow. Could be my last show ever, boys. Oh, that's hopefully not. That's it. No, I'm we're gonna, gonna get you to call in. Gonna have to, I'm gonna have to skip a class. <laughs> Sounds I will like skip it. a class. Sounds like it. But I want to thank admit that on air. Yes. Yeah. I want to thank on everyone so much for listening. Anyone and everyone that has listened either live or downloaded the podcast. Thank you very much for doing so. We appreciate all your support. Again, the Instagram is round underscore tripper 23. The podcast goes live every Tuesday morning on iTunes and Spotify. Just search round tripper and we will be back in action. Very exciting. Actually, the first Monday of the semester, which is Monday, January 13th. We'll be here. Oh yeah. Exactly. No, we won't. No, we won't ask for credit card info and driver's license. <laughs> no. Happens to be the night of the college football national championship game. So we will be there to basically do a pregame for that. It's going to be so much fun. So make sure you turn into Tune in to that. But for Conrad Bayer, Ben Moy, Matt Wood, who cannot be here tonight, and executive producer Jack Sherwood, I'm Pat Zang. Thank you so much for listening. This is Round Chipper on 89.1. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Go Bills. Go Go Pats. Merry Christmas from our house, from our family to yours.